Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. That's what we're going to cover today. And we touched a little bit of verses 19 and 20 and 21 last week. But we're going to go through them a little bit more in depth. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Okay. And I call the, the, name, the title of this message is Division, Division of the Kingdom Citizens or the Citizens of the Kingdom. Division of the Kingdom Citizens. I have three daughters, okay, as you know. My youngest one, Victoria. Oh boy, it changes huh? from being a baby that barely can do anything to consuming all of your energy uh, throughout the day. And she's on that stage, okay? She, from the time she wakes up at 6.30 every morning, regardless of what time she goes to bed, to the time she goes to, to, the time she goes to bed at night again at 6.30, she wants all of my attention. She wants all of our attention. And she does this thing that she's everywhere, everywhere she's walking, She's looking at things, okay? And when she finds something that she's interested on, she locks onto that. And everything else is just an obstacle, right? She wants to get to that point. And it doesn't matter if it puts her life in danger. It doesn't matter. She wants to grab that thing, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And I, I thought that to be very interesting because that's us as well. What is it that you want what is it that you really want? For some of us, for example, as you know, I'm, I'm not good looking or anything, and I have an extremely beautiful wife. I was committed. I was committed that I would do everything in my power, even if it meant paying a lot of money for a good haircut so that she might like me. <laughs> there was nothing in this world that would have stopped me from trying to pursue this beautiful my beautiful wife, nothing. What is it that you're after? What is it that you chase? And that's the question that at the end of the day, hopefully we can put things into perspective and you'll be, you will be chasing that which the Lord wants you to be chasing, looking after. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. And thank you, Emily, for reading this. I was going to say something. We have seen a lot of seniors in our church and they need lots of care. You know, they've worked at this church. They were here before we were. And I think that we ought to be taking care of them. So, we're, we're looking to start a visitation ministry. A visitation ministry. If you have maybe once a month, one day that you can give up. A couple hours to go and visit. And it's not just our seniors, but everybody who is in need in our church. And you might be interested in helping in that way. If the Lord has given you in your heart that desire to go and visit people and, and, and spend time with them, please let me know. I already have one person that is going to help me look after this. But if you would be interested in a ministry like that, please let me know. It's really important. It's really important that we help one another and we look after one another. So there's that opportunity for you. And I think that after today's sermon, probably I'm going to get about 25 people that are going to be asking me to join this ministry. I have no doubt about that. Matthew chapter 9, verses 19 to 24. 
And let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your church. I thank you so much for your people. Lord, what a joy it is to gather together on Sunday and to search your word together and to learn more about you, to see your beauty and your majesty and what you demand from us. Because you have purchased us and you have paid the price for my sin. So I pray today that you would give me a humble heart. Give the church ears open to your word. And that everything I say today might be your words and not my own. I pray this in your name. Amen. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is darkness. No one, no one, no one, that means not you and not me, no one can serve two masters, no one. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Looking at the larger picture of what Jesus was teaching here, I see a few points that we're going to talk about today, so keep your ears open to this. I see the concept of treasure or reward here. I also see a concept of location, location, uh, either heaven or earth, and it's linked with light and darkness, right? We know that we are, if you have belief, we are in his kingdom of light, as well as our allegiance to a master our allegiance to a master so let's let's pay attention to what the lord has to say regarding these matters and again we we saw these first three verses do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the lord jesus christ is telling us that for the citizens of his kingdom the more important thing than any sort of earthly possession recognition Status, power, influence, appearance of self-righteousness. More important than all those things is to treasure heaven above anything else. To treasure heaven above anything else. In order to, for this to be true, you, the believer, have to be equipped to see the world for what it is. Okay? To see the world for what it is. It is a quick and fading vapor, isn't it? I'm 32 years old. I'm not as old as Jason, for example, but I'm getting there, 32. And listen, it's going by so fast. It's going by so fast. All the things that I, I remember when I, if you guys know me, you know that I love electronics. I remember when I purchased my first iPad. 
It's in the garbage somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. It's destroyed, probably melted for part. I, I don't know. I remember how excited I was to get that iPad. It's gone. It's gone. My earthly possessions. I have so many things back in my room in Mexico. There, and I probably won't see them again. I got that phone call that no son wants to hear. My mom told me she's cleaning that room. <laughs> Pray for me, please. We need to see the world as it is to put things into perspective. What the everlasting or the eternal really means. Do you value the eternal above anything else? A place where we will live eternally with Jesus under his good and just rule. Do you, is that the most important thing in your life? Matthew 6.1 begins that way. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Be careful. Because if this is what you're looking for, you will have no reward. That's how the chapter opens. Laying treasures on earth is the hallmark of the hypocrite. Laying treasures on earth is the hallmark of the hypocrite. And let me tell you something. Hypocrisy is a terrible disease. It is. It's terrible. It is terrible. It's, it's, it's so cruel. It attacks the heart of its host and it takes control over all of its actions. It blinds the infected person to his own and very real spiritual poverty. Because the outside is clothed with self-righteousness. So I look well on the outside. So therefore my inside must be good. And we deceive ourselves. And we try to deceive others around us. But in reality, there's a deep spiritual poverty in that person. It stifles or impedes growth. It is fueled by recognition of man and has to be constantly fed or his host will be lacking. We depend on men and depending on men is the worst thing that can happen because it doesn't matter who it is, men will disappoint us. Even the strongest one among us grow weak. Right, Jason? He, I would say he's one of the strongest ones in church and I, he will get tired as well. There's no single person that we can rely on till we trust on God. It removes the heart from trusting in the heavenly Father and it moves it to trust on earthly treasures, earthly possessions, earthly things that fade like vapor. Trust is the key. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? I think that we all ought to examine ourselves very carefully and ask ourselves, where is your heart? What are the things that concern you the most? What or whom do you trust? What is it? If you don't know, think about your life. How does your Monday look like? Tuesday, Wednesday, how does it look like? Who do you trust? Who are you working for? Where's the center of your life? It is Satan's weapon to take a hold of our religious person and under the disguise of self-righteousness to ruin the life of this person. So be careful. So be careful. 
What gives you the most pleasure? Where is your trust and your confidence? Is it on the cross of Jesus? Or are you leaning on something else? Is your faith placed in the blood of the Lamb? Or is it on your bank account? Employment? Or the power, influence that you have? The relationship that you have? What is it that you trust? Our Lord demands complete trust on Him. If you're leaning on the cross and your money, you're not trusting in Jesus Christ. If you're leaning on the cross and your employment, you're not trusting in Jesus Christ. Are you fully trusting and resting on His cross? Matthew Henry says, There are treasures in heaven. It is a wisdom to give all diligence to make our title to eternal life sure through Jesus Christ and to look on all things here below as not worthy to be compared with it and to be content and to be content and contentment is key with nothing short of it. It is happiness above and beyond the changes and changes of time and inheritance incorruptible. If we notice that we're lacking in this area of completely trusting in Jesus Christ, in our Father who sees in secret, then everything else will be tainted by that, by that attitude of your heart, by that rejection of God, by that transgression, by the sin of unbelief. Because that's what it boils down to. Do you trust Him completely? In thinking of uh, fasting last week, The person that you are right here, right now, it's a version of yourself that was fed this morning and had a cup of coffee, right? And nice clothes. But who are you without any of those things? Would you still be able to trust? And I found that so interesting because what happens when we don't eat? You know it. We get angry, huh? <laughs> we think about it. Our condition is desperate. We need to trust in God. If you're lacking food a few hours, you lose control of yourself. <laughs> we need to trust in God completely. Is that the case for you? Verse number 20, there in Matthew 6. So, the Lord is telling us, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth, moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then, then what we ought to do instead of laying treasures here on earth is lay treasures there in heaven. It is, it is the Lord Jesus Christ as our King telling us what it means to seek the kingdom of God. Seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness involves not trying to be rich on this earth, but trying to be rich in heaven. That is rich in God, in Christ, treasuring heaven above anything else. Him, our God, above anything else. 
The believer finds the most value in God. The believer sees the world in the light of the truth of God and understands that we have died, that we have died, and that we have died to this visible world, that we're pilgrims, and that our life is hidden with Christ in glory. Colossians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 3. Seeking the kingdom means to treasure God and to free ourselves from the common worries of this world. Think about it. Wasn't the kingdom of Jesus Christ completely different from what anybody had ever seen? He's calling us to be different. You can live with a view of acquiring valuable things on this earth. Or you can live with a view of having valuable things in heaven. There's no middle ground. It's either or. Which one are you seeking? Jesus says that the mark of a Christian is that his eyes are on heaven. And everything, everything that he does go through that process, through thinking about heaven first and foremost. Everlasting joy with God. We want to be with God. We're, we're searching after Him. We're hungry and thirsty for righteousness from Him. If this is not you, if this is not you, you need to repent. You need to repent. Are you a believer? Do you say you're a believer? If that's not you, then you need to repent today. We ought to be treasuring, putting our treasures in heaven, which I think it means to increase our joy in heaven, our hope of heaven. Making our true, our central true in our lives. So in the context of this chapter, what does the Christian ought to do with the earthly possessions? If the world wants everything for themselves, what is it that we ought to do with our possessions? What is the opposite of getting everything for myself? Giving. Giving. I can stop thinking that the king, Jesus gave us example. He's not like me. He, he, what he said, he did perfectly. What early possessions did the king of the universe have? Where was he born? Where was he crowned? We give. As citizens of the kingdom of God, we're not called to have and have. We're called to give. We're called to give. I'm not saying that having things is wrong. Not at all. That's not the case, okay? Please. It is the adoration. It is the preoccupation of those things. If that's what you're looking at first and foremost, then you're wrong because you treasure things above heaven. 
I am aware of the many things that this church does for the community and the resources that we have here. We help others. We constantly get phone calls from people that have basic needs and we fulfill them and we help them through your offerings. And I know that personally many of you are involved in the community and I commend you for that. Keep doing that. That's what we're called to do. I have witnessed firsthand how generous many of you are and you're not looking for any recognition. However, we must ask our Lord to search our hearts and to try our thoughts and to bring to the surface the things that he wants me to change, right? I drop anything just like Victoria. I don't care what's on my way, but I'm going to heaven. That's where my eyes are fixed. For the true pilgrim, for those of us that have been sealed, we know that at the cross, we lay in our burdens that waited our lives. And there he has set us free. There he has set us free. We understand that it is at the cross where we lean and we trust. Where our trust is planted. The place where the lamb was slain. That's our hope. That's our faith. There's nothing more important for us than to please our king. Obeying his voice, following his commandments. There's nothing more important for the believer than that. No matter how against the thought of this age his commandments are. They sound as crazy as they did when he was here on earth today as they did back then. No one, you will find this teaching nowhere in the world. Completely the opposite. So where is your heart? Verses 22 and 23. Oh, wow. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad... Your whole, whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? When I was studying for the sermon, these two verses really, uh, they seem out of context. Huh? It's speaking about money, and then the next few verses is speaking about money as well, and then he changes to the eye. And I couldn't find what it, what, what it meant at, uh, on a first glance, but let's, let's dive into it. A healthy eye. Okay, the first key that I found is I have two eyes. Most of us have two eyes. Why is he saying one eye? The eye is the lamp of the body. It was, a, it was an expression that they use, and it's used still to this day in Jewish communities. To have a good eye, it means to, that you are a generous person. That's what it means. To this day, there's trucks that pass in Jewish communities. If there's an emergency or something, they, they, they go in a little truck and they, they announce and they say, so-and-so is at the hospital. If you have some money to help them, please give with a good eye. That's a phrase that they use. So it means to be generous, to be happy on the success of others, not to be stingy, but to want to give with a happy heart. So that's what it means. That's what it means. That's what this expression means. And it brings everything into context. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 9 to 11. And you don't have to be, go there. Just pay attention. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say, the seventh year of the year of release is near. And your eye looks grudgingly on your poor, poor brother and give him nothing. 
and he cried to the Lord against you, you will be guilty of sin. You shall give him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. That's what it means to have a good eye. Do you have a good eye? A healthy eye has clear vision. It remembers the word of the Lord Jesus Christ that said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. An eye that is happy with the success of others. Are you happy with the success of others? An eye that sees the needs of others. A spiritual eye. That eye is the lamp or the light source of the body. It's the eye of faith. The eye that looks and seeks that which you trust the most. So if you're spiritual, if you have belief in God, we see by faith the unseen. Heaven is ever present to us. We see with a good eye that heaven is the most important thing. It is with this eye that we're able to see sin. Even when the world tells us that it's normal, what is happening. Is your eye good? If so, your whole body and your whole being will be full of light. Matthew chapter 5 says, you are the light of the world. Doesn't it? A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Your Father who is in heaven, they will see the unseen through your actions. A reflection of Jesus Christ. And they will glorify the Father as well. Someone that is alive brings glory to the Father. Hollow his name. Is that you? Is that you? But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is this darkness? And to illustrate this point, Matthew chapter 4, let, let, chapter 12. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. How's everybody doing? Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruits. What kind of tree are you? You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? You can't. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. Who are you? In darkness, there is no 2020 vision. In darkness, there is no meaningful vision of the future. You can only see so far. You cannot really see that much. In darkness, my judgment is completely limited. 
In darkness, everything that I experience is tainted by darkness. In, in darkness, I am stingy. I don't want to give. I want everything for myself. In darkness, there's only the possibility of hypocrisy in order to achieve the appearance of righteousness. In darkness, I seek my own. In darkness, I hate my brothers. In darkness, I reject the light. In darkness, I cannot lean on the cross of Jesus Christ. In darkness, there's only everlasting darkness. Jude verses 10 to 13 says, But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error. What is Balaam's error? For a financial reward, he devised a plan for the king of Moab to entice Israel into compromising with idolatry and immorality. For money, for money. What is it that you do for money? No one, verse 24, back in Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And let me close with a few thoughts here. You are not the exception of the rule. It says no one. Who are you serving? What is it that drives you? Is your sight set in heaven? And by the way, if you're not reading your Bible, you cannot set your sight in heaven. You cannot. Because you don't even know what heaven is or who God is. Read your Bibles. Are you walking in darkness? No one can serve two masters. How do you think? Daughter king, how can you imagine that the Lord, the king of the universe, the maker of all, a jealous God, why do we think that he will be okay with you leaning on the cross and also on your bank account? No, he won't. So repent. So repent. What king would allow for its citizens to serve another king? What, then why do we treat our king, my king, the king of kings, as if his rule was not that important? As if his commandments were not in effect? You cannot serve God and money. But if you struggle with this, if you're thinking, yeah, maybe that's me. I have good news for you. I have really good news for you. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. Verses 5 to 9. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, 
who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Thank you, Lord, for our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? To open the eyes that are blind. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. From the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carve idols. He doesn't want to share his glory with anything. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He can make you a new creature. He can give you a new heart. A heart that doesn't want war, but is resting on him. A heart that wants to give with a joyful spirit. A heart that is acting like our Lord Jesus Christ did on this earth. He gives us Jesus to open our eyes. To see the spiritual reality by faith. To make heaven present to us here today. To aim to be like him. To bear his name as children. To be perfect because he is perfect. I pray that the Lord might use this sermon. Repent, repent, and he will change you. He will change your heart. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for everybody here. Lord, I know that this church there might be people that are serving trying to serve two masters but you have told us that no one can do that open our spiritual eyes to see that the most important thing is to treasure heaven above anything else that the things of this world might not control us but that they might just be instruments for our lives Give us peace, Lord, because in searching these things, we find no peace. It is never enough. You're the only one that can satisfy all of our needs, all of our desires. Lord, I pray as we continue the service that you would bless. You will bless the communion that we will have in remembrance of you. I pray this in your name. Amen.